Nicole Strickland. I have been fascinated with the unknown and paranormal realms since childhood. After a profound experience with my grandmother's spirit 20 years ago, I have been on a quest to observe, study, investigate, and communicate with the afterlife and beyond. It's been an ongoing journey of exploration and discovery, one that has taught me how mortality and the spirit world are forever bonded through the veils of time. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another night of exploring the connection between life, death, and beyond right here on the Afterlife Chronicles on WLTKDB.com. Of course, I am your host, Nicole Strickland. You can follow the show on our socials uh, with that handle at WLTKDB. Of course, the Afterlife Chronicles at Afterlife Chronicles and beyond. And of course, afterlifechronicles.podbean.com. We have a fantastic show for you tonight. Lots of great information coming your way. Before that, I just want to uh, briefly announce, of course, the uh, OC Paracon coming up October 1st and 2nd. Tickets are still on sale, so go over there on the website at ocparacon.com. And then, of course, uh, my upcoming book. It's been upcoming now for a while. The Afterlife Chronicles, exploring the connection between life, death, and beyond. There have been a few changes, uh, publishing uh, changes to it. So uh, I will be actually publishing it sometime this December. So I'm very excited about that. So without further ado, let's uh, bring in tonight's guest who has said these very profound words. So I want to mention them. If people knew how unconditionally loved and supported they are by beings that they cannot even see, then this world would be a very different place. For, uh, very profound words uh, uh, written and mentioned by, of course, tonight's guest, Matthew Stapley, a world-renowned uh, full-sensory psychic medium, uh, talented in all kinds of different areas. He's a teacher, minister, speaker, uh, offers uh, insight on psychic mediumship development, spirit communication, spirituality and trans um, personal uh, exploration, grief and loss and holistic, holistic, holistic healing. So without further ado, Mal, let's bring him in. Matthew, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining me. I know it's been a, it, we've been talking for the, the past few months. And so well, it's really great to have you on. Thank you. I like your background, me. by the way. Oh, thank you. Is that real brick or is that an actual no, banner? It, it is. It is nylon. Is it? Yeah, I will say it looks real on camera. Yeah. Most part. <laughs> it does. Yeah. So again, thank you again for joining. It's an honor to have you. So you know, you've been on all kinds of shows. You've done this before, but I, I you know, I like to start out with you know your background and how you came into realizing your gifts as a psychic medium because I, you know, I was on your website and reading your story and it's a very interesting story. So. Sure. Yeah, no problem. Um, well, it started off when I was really, really young, apparently according to my, my mom, it started when I was like toddler, but the first experience that I remember was when I was around eight years old and my dad was traveling in Thailand for work and he called to say hi to, you know, me and my mom and my brother 
And I remember just getting on the phone with him and saying, Dad, what are those big teeth sitting beside you on the table? And he said, elephant tusks. And how did you know they were there? And it kind of like freaked him out a little bit. And he said, well, what else can you see? And so I started describing the room he was in. And and then uh, at one point, I remember saying, you know, and there's a fountain outside. And and then he stopped me and he said, no, Matthew, there's there's no fountain. And I said, Dad, there's a fountain. I can hear it. And And he said, no, there isn't. And I said, go check. So he went outside and he said, well, there's a swimming pool. And, you know, he's and then that's it and i said dad it's by the wall with the lizards on it and he saw a wall that had i don't know if it would, they were real lizards or painted lizards or what but he went over there and there was like a little rock garden and then there was like this little tiny fountain that he couldn't <laughs> even hear standing beside it and i remember at that point he said please put your mother back on the phone and uh yeah and that's really where it started i found out years later when he was interviewed outside of one of my shows uh by a reporter that uh you know they they asked him what did you say when you talk you know his mom went back on the phone and he said go find the most expensive psychiatrist money can buy i think aliens got him and so yeah like this this joke that that was the day the aliens got me and so uh it's uh it it was yeah a, a big first experience but like like anybody who has come into their gifts or abilities or talents you know i think over time we develop an understanding of them. Back then I was freaked out and thought it was cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's how it started. That That's such a, you know, I, and that's why I asked the question because, um, it, you know, it, everyone has such a unique background and a new, unique story. So were you around eight years old when you actually started coming into these gifts or, or did you have experiences prior? So a little bit prior to that, I didn't really know what I was experiencing, but I remember after my my maternal grandfather passed away, I was six years old when he passed. And at that age, I remember lying in bed and telling my mom how much I missed him. And then apparently, and I sort of remember this, but apparently I said, oh, look, he's over there. Oh, now he's over there. Oh, look, he's on the ceiling. And apparently freaked my mother right out uh, and like, you know, kind of, yeah, gave her the willies. Um, but then the real mediumship experiences started actually when I was 11. So the first experience was remote viewing. And then the second really big one was that same grandfather woke me up in the middle of the night. And I remember getting really scared and I ran into my parents' room and I said, mom, tell grandpa to leave me alone. And she was like, sure, Matthew, I told him, go back to bed, (laughs) go back to bed. He's gone. And I went back in, into bed and it wasn't long and he showed up again. And he told me to tell my mom certain things and my grandmother certain things and my aunt. And a lot of these things were, you know, adult subjects that an 11 year old didn't know about family drama and <laughs> estranged people and things like that and uh yeah so the next morning we went to visit my grandmother and you know my mom and grandmother and everyone were like whispering in the corner and I was sitting at the kitchen table and they said so we heard you had a visitor last night did he have anything to say and then I was telling them you know all the things that he had said and they were like really f- freaked out um and after that it really took off yeah. That that's a truly such you know amazing story, and it's different how you know when you were describing uh, back when you were eleven, you know your experiences, you know seeing him here and seeing him there, you know yeah. kids describe and experience things differently 
than adults. And it brings me back to this one experience. And I'll share it really quickly. When I was about five years old and I was living in Las Vegas, Nevada, and it was in the summertime and it was dusk and we had a pool in our backyard. And so my mom, dad, and I were just getting out of the pool, drying off. And all of a sudden I saw this like grayish, misty something trying to form into like a humanoid shape. And I remember saying to my dad and my mom, I said, mom and dad, look at the draft now, like a draft, like when you open the window and you have a draft, I don't know why I would have used that word, but that's how I described it. So, you know, it's interesting how, you know, it's different when we're kids and then, and then, um, when we're adults. So how, what would you say your like most profound, I mean, this might be difficult because you've had so many, but your most profound, I guess, psychic experience or encounter, of course, ones you want to share. Sure. Yeah. That is, it is a hard question. I know. Right. Because there's probably like thousands with you. Yeah. There, there's, there's been a few. Um, I think, I think some of my favorite wasn't so much my experience of what happened so much as the impact it had on other people. Right. And I think one of my favorite ones of all time ever was a group reading. And obviously I will, I will share this without giving any major details away, but I was at a group reading and I remember there was um, there was this this lady and I think I was probably in, I don't know, on to reading number 10 or something like that in front of everyone. And I remember feeling the only way I could describe it was almost completely overshadowed and overshadowing in mediumship is when a spirit energy gets so close that they almost take over the medium. So you're still there. You're not deep in trance, but you take on characteristics. And I remember looking down at my hands and being like, those aren't my hands and looking down at my body. And I'm like, this is not mine. And so I started describing the house that I was standing in, which of course was not the house I was physically in. And I remember saying, you know, describing the certain city that I was in and I described what the house looked like. And then all of a sudden I switched and I looked down again and I looked like the person I was doing a reading for. And I was walking through the house and I said, okay. And I, and on my way at the door, I grabbed the uh, key holder, right? From where you hang keys. And I take it with me and I bring it home. And then I put it beside my front door and I leave it there until two weeks ago when I took it off. And the woman freaked out she totally <laughs> lost it and, and then I kind of like snapped out of it and she was like that was my my parents house it was in that city I did take their key rack home and we repainted our hallway two weeks ago and I took it off and I haven't put it back up yet and I think that was one of my absolute favorite moments of evidential mediumship because it brought through um, information about the people that had passed and how they passed away and all of that. Then it brought through like her experience and something that she did after they passed away that was really recent. And, you know, it sounds sort of arbitrary, but to her, it makes total sense. And so I think that was probably one of my absolute favorite readings that I've ever done. And I don't even know why I just loved it. I thought it that, was that's so cool. Neat. You know, I, I mean, I can tell just with talking with you that you have a lot of passion for what you do. Yeah. And it's, that very rewarding feeling when, you know, you know, you're accurate and then, you know, getting that, that feedback from, you know, that person is to me, I mean, I'm sure you just feel viscerally very rewarding with it or very rewarded much. with it. So very, um, very, yeah, very much. Um, oh God, I was just going to ask a question and I just uh, totally forgot on it, forgot about it. 
I do that all the time. I, I mean, it was a great question too. I'll probably think about it at 1, 1 a.m. this morning. <laughs> so, you know, there's, oh, that's what it was because you mentioned evidential mediumship. So, um, you know, of course, you know what that is. I know what that is. But in case someone doesn't, sure. there are similarities and differences between an evidential medium and just a, you know, a, a regular psychic medium. Can you expand on that? Sure. So the term evidential medium actually comes from spiritualism and like mm -hmm. a long time ago. And the, the reason why they use the word evidential is because it's proof that or evidence that the human spirit survives the transition of death. And so basically, it's just evidence that, you know, somebody was here and now they're not and they're somewhere in the ethers, but who they were on Earth remains intact. And so the information that comes through the medium Ideally, should be things they couldn't possibly know, like right. names and dates and, you know, all of that. Um, and so that's just basically evidence that that they um, survived the transition of death. Now, the difference between a non-evidential medium and an evidential medium is non-evidential medium could be a bunch of different things. Um, it could be somebody that says, your grandmother's here, here's the message. But there's not really uh, evidence of who that grandmother was on Earth. Um, or memories that they carried or names or, or whatever. Um, whereas an evidential medium would be like, you know, maybe like your grandmother Joan is here and she died in this month. And, you know, like she wants to talk about when this happened to you or whatever. So there's a slight differences. Also with non-evidential mediumship, mediumship itself, and people hate my definition of mediumship, but I'm going to give it anyway. Um, mediumship doesn't have to be information. Mediumship can also just be energetic. So Absolutely. if you ever... If you ever go to see like an energy healer, that, in my opinion, is a form of mediumship. It's just non-information based mediumship. It's still energy going from one dimensional space to another. And that and has a purpose, of course. Totally. Yeah, a huge purpose. In fact, there was a few times when I would do like a, a show or something and there would be an audience and I would feel so drawn to like this one person and I would get to them. And there wasn't any words to be said, but I could feel this blast of energy move through me into them. And I think it was after I started experiencing that from time to time that I realized mediumship isn't just words or readings. It's actually the transfer of energy either as healing or as information from one realm of consciousness to another. I actually love your definition because, you know, it expands, you know, you're, you're bringing in not just the mind and the body, but the spirit there. And, you know, you know, words don't mean everything. So you can have a, like an energetic type of, of situation or energy that comes through and that can actually, and, and then describing it can actually be more meaningful than just getting yeah. like someone's name or a couple of words. So I actually totally. like your definition. Totally. For oh, for and you're a full sensory psychic medium, which is really great. So you use all the different senses. That's that's uh, uh, truly commendable. Uh, so <laughs> so when you do you get information differently uh, when it's evidential as as versus non evidential? I mean, does you know and, and does your body feel differently with how it comes through? Um, you know, uh, in an evidentiary type of way versus non evidential. Um, not really. They're honestly about the same. Um, so, so sometimes when I'm bringing through messages for people, sometimes it will be more focused on, let's say, clairvoyance and clairaudience and clairsentience or something. But then other messages for other people might be like the whole thing where I'm seeing mm -hmm. and feeling and smelling and tasting and, and all of that. 
I haven't really figured out exactly why sometimes it's this full immersive experience and other times it's like I'm seeing things and hearing things, but that's it. Other than that, I think maybe it has to do with the resonance between me and the spirit. So maybe we have some level of similarity so that communication is easier or I have more reference points to what they're wanting to bring through. One time there was there was a woman who came through, it was a grandmother, and she spent her entire session correcting all the mistakes they made in the family recipes. That's <laughs> all she talked about the whole time. Oh, that's crazy. I love it. And, it. and it was weird because like I wasn't seeing the recipes written, but she was making me taste all of the ingredients and the strength of, of the ingredients. And she was saying, you're putting too much of this in and take this out and add this to it. And it was just all through taste. And it was such a weird, a weird moment. Yeah, yeah. taste is one of those that you don't hear a lot. It, you know, you hear more of the clairvoyance or the clairsentience or the clairaudience. Taste is, it. you hear stories, but they're more, they're more vague. Yeah, so very that's, much so. Yeah, that's a really cool example uh, to give. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, my gosh. I bet she was maybe Italian. I don't know. I have an Italian grandmother, so, you know, <laughs> an Italian mom. So it's like, oh, it could be. She was just, like, adamant that they fixed the problem. And it was funny because I remember the feedback from the family saying, this is perfect because we can never get it right at Christmas time. And so she was, like, telling them what they were doing wrong. And she spent half an hour doing that. There was no other loving messages. It was all, like, you're screwing this up and you want to fix it and this is what you're doing wrong and i thought it was a very interesting energy but apparently that was also her personality that's so, hilarious cool. though i love when the personalities come through you know from the oh, yeah. domain it's just Same. amazing uh let's see i want to take we have a lot of people in chat here uh bobby joe smith kate terry uh, linda myers is there nice to see you linda christy townsend johnny Annette, uh, and then I was going to say Christy again, uh, and then uh, Michelle Berry and Patty Fuller. Someone's here from Ireland too. Annette is here from Ireland. So I wanted to take a few moments to acknowledge uh, the folks in chat. Thank you so much for joining. Hope you're having a great day and a great evening. So, uh, you know, and another thing too, I, I think, do you ever find if you, because personalities are interesting, sometimes we connect uh, better with certain uh, personalities, not as, you know, not as great with others. Do you think that that, uh, when you like do readings on, on, on people, or if you're, you know, um, getting information from spirit, do you think if there's a, a personality connection that that helps the information come through a Absolutely. little bit more clearer than, than maybe someone that you're not connecting with what, uh, with as much? Absolutely. One thing that I've really come to know about making those mediumistic connections is that, first of all, the medium has to have reference points in order to receive the message. Otherwise, it's just like this blob of energy and we can't interpret it. Um, so reference points in this sense is like similar memories. So a spirit might show me my grandmother in my in my clairvoyance, but they're really just saying grandmother, right? And so right. they use our own thoughts, feelings, memories, ideas, experiences, all of that. And they show them to us in a way that we can build a message out of it. That's, uh, that's one way that it works. So that's the reference points. The other side of that is resonance. And so if they're similar to me, or we have something in common, or we have a similar approach to the world, um, then that will be a much easier connection to make because we're already similar on a similar wavelength. And if we look at every single person 
as having a unique vibration, but still similarities. I mean, you and me, for example, Nicole, we both have a passion for this world. We have a passion for helping people. We have a passion for understanding spirit and all of that. And so we already have a similarity. Therefore, it would be easy for us to resonate with each other. So if one of us was in spirit, right. um, then it would be an easier connection to make. Um, and, and that's one thing that I've noticed. Reference points and resonance are two things that allow the reading to be good. Now, the third thing, and I think it's actually, honestly, the most important thing is how much the information is required for the recipient to have the the healing experience that they need. So somebody who believes in all of this wholeheartedly and they don't question it, they might get the most basic general (laughs) reading ever. But somebody who's a diehard skeptic who really doesn't believe requires such profound detail and you know, the kind of reading that makes them freak out and question their whole life path, they may require that level of intensity in order to have the healing experience that that the universe wants for them. And so the amount of energy that is needed to bring healing to that person often dictates the level of detail and the intensity of the reading. That makes sense. That's a very good description. And and I like, uh, you know, you discuss discussing the resonance and, you know, and and all of that, that it makes sense. And I think that, you know, it's almost similar to like synchronicity, I guess, in a point where, you know, people are what they need at that moment, they're going to receive. And like you said, some people need more of a stronger, profound message than others, just depending on, you know, where they are in that, in that point, I'm sure. And I just mentioned synchronicity that that plays a lot too in, you know, the classes that you do and the readings that you do, I'm sure because synchronicity is everywhere. And I've, I've, I wish I was more in tune to it. You know, I've only recently become in tune to it probably within the past 10 years. I wish I would, would have been, you know, at age four, but you know, it's everywhere. And I think it really helps us. Oh, yeah. Oh, synchronicity, I think, even just the word is making like, my Right? Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. very likable word, it, yes. It, it is. And, and I think that it really is the way that the universe communicates to us. You know, like, yes, I'm a medium, which only means that I've learned to hear a conversation that everybody's having with the universe constantly. You know, and I really believe that. I think that the universe is always communicating with us. And I think synchronicity is one of the most amazing ways that that happens. And, you know, anything from you're having a bad day and the perfect song comes on the radio or you're questioning something and you get like a million signs, one right after another, or one really good sign. And, 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 and it really is just a testament to how we are never actually lost, really. If you think about it, the universe knows exactly where we are because they're constantly, it's constantly bringing us these signs in the spirit world is obviously a massive part of that. I think that that is um, beautiful in faith building and can help people to feel secure and to know that they're loved and guided and watched over in a world where, let's face it, uh, it's a little sketch these <laughs> these days. A little so, bit, just a, a, little just a bit. tad, just a little yeah. bit. Uh, the respect I can see in you for, you know, not only the living, but for, you know, the, diff- the, the afterlife and, 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 and beyond in realms beyond, I think is great. You know, yeah. in the world of the paranormal, we don't always see that respect and reverence and it's a sad thing. Uh, so I, 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 I've just my personal opinion. I do believe just within my heart and soul, if you want to, if you want to put it that way, that there is this very profound connection between the living realms and the living realm and the afterlife. And I think that that's getting stronger. 
Oh yeah. Would you, would you, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? And do you think that it, it, do you think there's a cosmic reason for it? Maybe an elusive cosmic reason that we don't yet know, or do you think that it could be maybe because like you said, the world we're facing just unprecedented challenges. Now people are hurting each other and it's sad. It's tragic. I think all of those things are the same thing, to be honest. And the reason that I say that is, yeah, so I've definitely noticed the uptick in, in people awakening mm-hmm. with their mm-hmm. gifts and abilities. I noticed that really started really heavily about maybe 11 years ago, um, where people just like started having experiences. The amount of phone calls I got at that time in like 2011, 2012 of my house is haunted or my children are haunted or yeah. something's haunted was a lot and what I what I realized at that time very quickly um, because I was also a consulting medium for a few paranormal teams is that every time I went into a haunted house the house had some weird vibes but the people were sensitive and and so that was the first thing that I noticed but now yeah in the last two years throughout the pandemic and all of that the amount of awakenings that it, that are happening within people is mind-blowing and I think if we can get all woo-woo for a second, I think what's happening. Oh, that's fine with me. Woo-woo is in my vocabulary. So right on. Awesome. Um, Yeah. So, you know, I think what's happening is that, um, how do I say this? We are ascending, I guess you could say at a global level. And when ascension happens, all that that means is that our lightness is getting lighter and our darkness is getting lighter. And so that's all ascension really is. And so we're shifting to a higher level of consciousness. And the way that that happens is we we embrace new ideals and we embrace new a new paradigm of thought, which will always be more loving over time because ascension is about moving towards our individual and, and collective highest point of light, whatever that may be. And so the way to do that is to embrace new ideas and all those ideas will eventually come up with the idea of oneness over time or love and compassion and things like that, that bring people together rather than division. Now, the reason why the world is going so crazy and it's not such a nice place is in order for that to happen, there has to be a surrender of ego and our ego is, yes, our ego, all its job is, is to maintain the current state of being for better or worse. It's to maintain the survival of whatever the current state is. And when people are in an individual healing moment, their ego surfaces trying to maintain that state of being for better or worse, usually worse if it's healing that's happening. Um, and, and the person begins to freak out and they get defensive and they get burnt out and exhausted and anxious and all of that. Now we're doing that on a global level. So nobody is excused from this process. And this is one of the reasons why there's so much toxicity out there it's because all of this internal healing crisis freak out is happening at a very very mass level and that is not comfy nicole <laughs> no it's not that you know it, it's not and you explained it so eloquently this is exactly it and you know i was going to ask you do you think that you know the primary reason here we are ascending globally like you said and even on an individual basis but yet more people are, are, are hurting each other. There's more turmoil in the road, in the world. And it's that duality where, you know, it's the fight. Okay. The ego wants to stay. It doesn't want to leave. Right. So that you explained it beautifully and that's just it. It's, you know, you cannot do this work and heal properly when ego gets in the way. You just can't, it's like oil and water. Exactly. And I, and I think, 
I think our ego is useful. Like it is important. I mean, if we oh, didn't yes. have ego, we'd be like, oh, let's all jump off a bridge, but <laughs> we'll be fine. We don't <laughs> need to but, not. I think, <laughs> but I think that our, um, but I think a big part of healing is that surrender, right? And yeah. if our ego wasn't a part of it, we wouldn't actually have that moment where we crumble. Um, and the crumbling in healing is vital to the rebuilding of our foundation. And so uh, I think what, what we can see, not to get all predictive, but I think what we can expect to see over the next four years is a big crumbling of all of the things that aren't working anymore at a global level, whatever that means. And I think that in that process, people are going to be realizing, hey, you know what, this system doesn't feel good anymore. This system hasn't felt good for 100 years, and so on and so forth. And I think that's the real ego crumbling isn't so much us as individuals, as it is all the things that are outdated that that are done. And and it's going to be it's going to be intense. I think at four years from now, things are going to be a lot better than they have been for 100 years. <laughs> probably. Oh, I mean, I'm hoping it could be sooner. But you know, I'll, I'll take four because it's you know, and I think we're starving for, you know, more positive relationships and mm -hmm. more more connection with one another. I think we're starving for that. And I think that there's a, a more of a I'm going to say use the word cosmic here. I don't know if it's yeah. the right word to insert or to use. But I think that there is a, a greater reason as to why we're dealing with this pandemic. So I oh, think, you know, the COVID came. Yes, it's here. It's still here. We are battling it and probably will battle it for some time, you know, for the next few months. Uh, but I think that there's an underlying reason, more of a greater cosmic reason as to why that's here to show us that, oh, okay, yeah. you know, we need to we need to make some changes here. Oh, like hugely. And I yeah. think it I think it's been a horrible thing and you know at, at our our human selves our human selves are like this is terrible there's no good reason for this and our human selves at a human earthly level would be right but at a higher level if we can when we embrace a spiritual point of view on it we can see the opportunity for togetherness and globally working together to solve this problem and supporting each other and all of those things that in my mind, are higher consciousness ideas, you know, oneness, absolutely understanding, you know, so I think, uh, yeah, I think it's been it's been rough. But I think um, that some of the most meaningful things that will ever happen to us and our world are not easy things, but they're important things. Absolutely. Well said. I just want to um, flash a couple of comments here, because they're sure. profound going back to synchronicity here. Terry said, synchronicity is amazing when it happens. There's a profound reason why. Sometimes it's a simple hello from spirit. Other times it's to connect us to more important people on our path in this life. And that's so true. Uh, let's see another one here. Uh, Amanda, woo, 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 woo. I like it. The ego fighting back during healing reminds me of a re reflexology, uh, reflexology, excuse me, when the client's physical issue would push back damn hard one more time before the last treatment worked to heal and or solve it. So yeah, they're interesting. So right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then even Bobby here says, you know, as a sensitive, it's truly hard, you have to take one moment, uh, or take a moment for sure. And I think too, in this world, it's hard for everyone, but the more sensitive you are, and the more in, in touch you are with your sensitive side, the harder it is. So, yeah, very much so. And in the last few years have been sensitizing for a lot of people, you know, even people that never thought of this stuff ever before are, you know, having ideas of, of the universe and, you know, as you said, more cosmic things. And um, I think 
one thing hardship does to most people is sensitize them. I don't think I've ever met a medium who's had an easy life ever. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's because sometimes we have our hardships sensitize us so much that we can then see things that other people cannot. Absolutely. Very, very eloquently said, uh, very eloquently said on that note, we do have to take our one and only break for the evening. So of course you're tuning into the afterlife chronicles, right? My ear, piece came out there right here on WLTKDB.com. I'm your host, Nicole Strickland. Of course, tonight's guest is a Matthew Stapley. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Hi, I'm Pete Orbea. Hi, this is Nicole Strickland. My name is Hero. My name is Sean Klein. Hey everybody, Cleek Keith here, author of Ghost of Greystone, Beverly Hills. I'm excited to invite you to the OC Paracon, which is going to be the first week in October. Now that's just some of the people you're going to meet at Orange County Paracon. That would be Anaheim's first ever paranormal conference. I'm Henry, the organizer and also the host of Paranormal Perception, inviting you to meet those people that you just saw. You'll meet everybody, including some guests, some people that we haven't even announced on the website. It's going to be a surprise. Everything, info, tickets available on that website, ocparacon.com. Hope to see you to kick off our favorite time of the year in Anaheim at OC Paracon. Take us with you on the go and download the new WLTKDB mobile app. Search the App Store and Google Play under WLTKDB Talk Radio. Download free today. The unexplained. It's all around us and usually supplies more questions than answers. You need answers. You need cross country paranormal. Founded by Benjamin Young, CCP seeks to train, educate, and mentor anyone that has a passion for the paranormal. CCP is building a network of teams and investigations across the country, and all experience levels are welcome. Learn more about CCP on their website, ccpinvestigations.com, where you can find frequently asked questions, check out their equipment, follow their latest events, and of course, shop. Visit them now at ccpinvestigations.com. That's ccpinvestigations.com. Cross-country paranormal. All are welcome. All are family. Thirty-three minutes past the hour. There, welcome back to the second half of the Afterlife Chronicles show, right here on the WLTKD.com network. There, WLTKDB. You can follow us on our socials, right there at WLTKDB. And of course, tonight's guest is Matthew Stapley, renowned uh, full sensory psychic medium. And we've had a, an amazing discussion on all kinds of different topics. If you missed the first half hour, that's fine. The entire episode will be archived for you. So I thought, uh, you know, in this 25 minutes, these these shows go by fast. I'd like to switch gears a little bit and talk about, uh, you know, the grief and loss and the grief and bereavement, because you do work with people on that. And I can speak personally from for myself that uh, uh, 
working in the paranormal and, and researching the afterlife and having very profound encounters and, and connections with spirit have helped me tremendously with the the dying process and, and the whole, uh, you know, the, the stages of grief and all of that. So what are, uh, I mean, so you work with with people on this. So what exactly for, and let's say someone wants to, to come to you, um, you know, after someone, after one of their family members has passed on, what are um, the types of work that you do when concerning like grief and bereavement? Sure. Um, well, I think the, the biggest part obviously is supporting people. The way that it often, the, the way that I have to do that work is just through, you know, readings and, and working with people on my Facebook page and social media and things like that. I don't offer specific sessions only geared towards grief and bereavement, but it is a part of, of the work that I do. Um, I think honestly, the, the biggest thing that I work on with people in all of that, other than connecting them with their loved ones is just to help them to accept the process. Because one thing that I know I've done it when I've been grieving and I know that a lot of people do is immediately try to push it away or get through it as quickly as possible because let's face it, it's, it's not comfortable. Um, it is not. No, it's, it's heart wrenching. And one of my approaches to it is working with the idea or the concept that when we're grieving, it's because we've got all this love and we don't know where to put it anymore. And, and we, we struggle with that. And the other thing that I, I like to bring up to people is the idea that really it's a change of relationship. So our loved one is, if we, if we accept the idea that our loved ones are still with us, then what we're really looking at in the grieving process is, is the shift of communication and changing the way that we speak to them and the way that we relate to them on a regular basis, because they're no longer physically tangible anymore. And so what we're really doing is um, we're figuring out how we're going to continue communication in a relationship now that the relationship is no longer physical. And so that's kind of the approach that I like to take with grief because it, it doesn't have as much of an end. It doesn't focus as much on the ending as it does on the continuity. And in that process, understanding that even though we know our loved ones are still with us, doesn't mean that we don't feel sad or heartbroken or desperate or anxious or all of those things that are normal with grief. It just means that we can understand that they're walking us through that anxiety and that desperation. And so it's just a slightly, it's just a slight perspective shift, I guess you could say. Um, and that's the approach that I like to use. And the other thing is helping people to understand that their loved ones are always with them. And I mean, that that goes for everybody. And I don't think any person who passes away is ever stuck or stuck between worlds or anything like that. I think when people pass away, they are instantaneously at peace with a complete understanding of life on earth. And, and so from that elevated perspective, they help us to walk through the acceptance of their loss, but also of ourselves in relation to who they were on earth. Because one thing I can tell you doing this work for almost 20 years professionally is that so many people, um, feel judged by their loved ones or the universe itself. And that's one thing that I, I, it honestly is the one thing that breaks my heart is when people think that the universe or God or their loved ones or whatever are looking down on them or are disappointed in them. And I've just never seen that to be true. Never. Wow. This is, this is very beautiful, very beautifully said. And to, uh, you know, second that, you know, Bobby said, and oh wait, wrong comment, but her call flash it again because it's good. 
uh, let's see this one. Chris says, hi, I love Matt. He is amazing. Uh -huh. And then of course, sorry, this one, I wanted to, that one first, this one second. And then Bobby says, and moving forward is hard, but you're absolutely, absolutely right, Matt. We learn as we go. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and I can, you, you just, you have this, I can feel it, this, this genuine sense about you. And so people Thank are you. going to be drawn to realm. And of course, in, in, in the afterlife as well, uh, Gail, Matt, you were awesome. I've only known you for, you talked with you now for an hour and, uh, you know, I can, I can feel the, you know, just the, 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 the passion and, and, and the genuineness. So that's fantastic. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting too, with, with, you know, the whole grief and loss aspect and everyone grieves differently and at their own pace and the stages come in all these different ways and different directions. And it's uh, with the, with the loss of my two cats. Now I've had cats all my life, but my litter mates, so Max and Kaylee, Max passed in 2016 and then Kaylee recently in December of uh, uh, this uh, or last year. And uh, they, they taught me more than anyone or any of my prior animals that that connection and that love that we have with our loved ones is eternal and it stays. Yeah. And it, it's, it's almost interesting because I feel like it, it even grows stronger in spirit. So, and I know that maybe I'm not making myself clear, but when someone passes the connection that you have with them, I think can even grow stronger yes. in, in some ways than it did when that person was alive. So Oh, I, I think so, too, because in our, our human or human and animal selves, I personally believe that, by the way, that if the thing that you love the most in this world was like a cactus that you had on your windowsill, it will come through for you. Like, in yes, the other side. So with your animals, it makes total sense. And, and I agree. I think the reason why that connection can actually become stronger is because on Earth, we have our our shadow in a sense right and our shadow while not in any way bad um does block our ability to just freely connect right there's that's that ego component to there freely you go. connect. whereas when we go into spirit the ego component isn't there anymore that's a very earthly thing yes and so it allows them to connect full force with us right it allows them to connect full force with us because there's no apprehension there's no fear of lost love because they're in a state of love constantly and and i think that is probably why and i think you're absolutely right i think you're a hundred percent right amazing i mean all these comments coming through here um you know lisa losing my husband mark tragically i spoke to you today thank you for your love your understanding of my grief um Let's see here. Margie says losing our animal family is heartbreaking. The love from animals is truly unconditional. Uh, let's see here, Bobby, when you open your heart, you will almost always get it back. And then of course here, uh, Marie Whitney says being able to help people connect to their past loved ones. It's the greatest gift you can give someone. Thank you for what you do. So in uh, that feedback is, is, is so important. And it, you know, it, it speaking of Kaylee, uh, Kaylee and Max going back real quick. Uh, when Kaylee passed in December of uh, 2000 or last year, I should say, her her transition was utterly peaceful, the most uh, peaceful transition I've ever experienced in an animal. And, and when she passed, I made the point of letting her know. I said, you know, Kaylee, I, I don't want you to feel obligated to to come and because I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be grieving your physical loss, but I don't want you to feel sad or 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 feel like you're you know obligated to come to me and try to console me. I want you to to get used to where you're going. 
and uh, you know, come to me when it's okay with you and on your own terms. And I told her that just because I feel that sometimes, and I, and I like your opinion on this, sure. maybe our, our loved ones, if they, if they sense our grief so strong, do you think in, in some ways that, that it could potentially try to call them back? Or do you think it's more, even though we sense that grief and it's very strong, it's almost always their free will in the sense that they want to come and console us or communicate with us, if that makes I sense. Think, yeah, no, it totally, it, and it's a great question that a lot of people ask me actually. Um, and and I think I think it's always free will. I don't think that, I hate to say it, I don't think we're powerful enough and our pain certainly isn't to pull, you know, a spirit back towards their mortality. I think it's always free will. And yeah. I don't know that it's even much of a pulling back because spirit, the spirit world is not far from here at all. I mean, it's literally like, it's just like a, like a inch over. <laughs> it feels our- like it for sure. Yeah. It's, it's just right there. And I think that, um, yeah, I think that they come to us to help us. I think our grief, I think our grief doesn't pull them towards us, nor does it repel them. I think in the examples of sometimes people don't come forward or, you know, uh, somebody has a tragic loss and their loved one takes a year to even come through a medium who's adamantly trying to make contact. I think that's their respect for our process. I know that after my mom passed away, if if she would have been coming through all the mediums, I never would have left a reading room for years. I would have been trying to connect with her. Um, because even though I'm a medium, I can't do it for myself. And so I would have been sort of paralyzed in my grief. I wouldn't have been able to go through the detachment part of it because I would have, all I would have been doing is consulting with mediums all day long. Or if she was visiting me in my dreams all the time, I wouldn't have wanted to even get out of bed. And so I think a big part of it is their respect for our process that, that we need those moments to move forward. And, and I think, it's very individualized. That's just what I'm like. But other people can have losses recently and make connections immediately and and it's healthy for them. So I think the spirit world will come to us in the time that they that they know is right for us to do that. And, right. and yeah, sometimes that moment of grief desperation actually would not be healthy. Yeah, it does seem like it's it's the time when we need it is the time yeah. that they know to come with us. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we only have about 15 minutes left. So, I mean, there's so many other topics. I'd love to have you back if you're interested. One oh, time. my God, I've loved this. I will come because back there's <laughs> oh my gosh, there's so many different angles we can talk about here. But I wanted to, uh, you know, and you do a lot of these shows and a lot of your you know fans and followers know this already. But, you know, in case there's some listeners that don't. Um, what, cause you, on your website, you talk about your programs, the psychic experience, heaven knows, and what the shift, I like that, by the way, what the shift, can you elaborate on what those are for people that may not know? (laughs) They're, they're actually all old things. So I don't, I do none of them are active anymore. (laughs) Oh, 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 okay. Whoops. Oh, wow. Well, hey, you know what? I should update my website. It's all, I need to update mine. So you know what? It's It's, all good. Yeah. That's, that, that's definitely something I should do. Cause I think you're the second person in the last. Oh, really? <laughs> I was on it today. And... Uh, yeah. Um, but what I what I do offer um, is every Monday night, I do free evidential mediumship through Facebook and TikTok at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And I also teach development classes. And that is one of my biggest passions is showing people that they all have a gift. They all have their abilities. And I can tell you that a bunch of my 
past students are in the chat right now and all of them are amazing i mean the one like marie whitney bobby joe smith leona terry like all of these people are people that i've had the absolute honor of working with and helping them to explore their talents and uh, so that's one thing that I do. And then I also do meditation and messages night, which is where I channel a guided meditation and then for half an hour and then we do a half hour of messages. And that's also a lot of fun. That's um, awesome. That is so cool. Meditation is such an integral, integral, I can't even talk tonight, component, you know, not just for all kinds of aspects of life, but especially oh, when yeah. you're trying to to work with spirit and, and definitely receive messages. Yeah. So in your classes, uh, do you have any specific techniques that that work? Because everyone's different and everyone's learning modalities are different. Yes. Some are similar, but there's a lot of differences. And I'm sure that translates over to, you know, really getting adept at your psychic awareness mm -hmm. and your skills. So is there are there certain techniques that you use that really hit home with pretty much all of your students in terms very, of your psychic development? Very. Very much so. When I first started teaching development, like I started teaching development classes when I was 20. So I'm going to be 37 next month. So it's been a little while. Um, and when I first started teaching, I would focus a lot on theory. And then I realized when I started really, really teaching it on a very regular basis that it was useless. Other than the theory of how to ground yourself, center yourself, connect, um, the actual theory of, of of how to do a reading is so different for everybody. So my right. approach to development is giving them the theory they need to know to manage their energy field. And then outside of that, it's all hands-on. So even though we're doing it online and we're doing it through Zoom, uh, a Zoom call, um, everything is hands-on and I get them practicing. And, and on day one, they will do a reading. It may not be the, the most mind-blowing thing they've ever done in their life, but they will do reading and and after the six weeks is over they will be proficient in reading and they'll be proficient in either psychic reading mediumship reading depending on what their natural aptitudes are um and many of my students uh go on to work professionally i've got a uh, pretty much 90 percent of them that i've taught over the last several years are either working professionally now with a you know doing really well or they could if they wanted to because they're at that caliber and um and i think that the spirit world has guided me in how to help people to develop their gift absolutely that's so well said and i i imagine too the process you know when you start when you first start getting you know attuned to your to your psychic senses i'm wondering if 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 you students report this to you that uh messages or energy or whatever it is, words, names come through maybe differently in mm. the beginning than they do when, you know, they're more advanced into your classes and have come more into their psychic senses. So I'm wondering oh, if there's a little bit of a difference hugely, there. Hugely. I mean, a lot of the students that I've had over the years um, come in and they're like, I don't know anything about this, but I'm yeah. interested in it, right? They, they, right. they, some of them have had experiences or whatever but a lot of people come in just wanting to see what it's all about and at the end of it they're making this amazing connection and they're reading for people and all of that um so yeah there's like a really big curve i've always noticed that when i teach especially the beginner six-week program is that at some point everybody will have this breakthrough moment yes. where they're like i get it i understand how this is working for me and one of my favorite 
things to see is is people surprising themselves and just can't believe that they're bringing through you know information that makes sense to somebody and not only does it make sense but it's bringing them healing or help or support or whatever and uh, i think that's probably my favorite part of the whole thing is watching people go oh my god i don't think i can do this and then like by the end of the class or the next week or whatever they're like oh my god i'm doing this <laughs> and so seeing that that transition and seeing them them building a relationship with something that is connected to literally everything else i think is is amazing and i that's I, yeah uh, that's utterly utterly rewarding and i too i wonder and i don't even wonder i think it's a hugely a possibility here that you know collectively we're we're trying to ascend but individually yes. we are as well and i oh. think with that collective consciousness aspect because we all are connected that that may be contributing to the growth of coming in into tune with oh. your own intuition oh, and, and sure. psychic oh i think so. i think you nailed it <laughs> <laughs> well exactly. you know i well, so um, real quick here, because I know we're we have about nine minutes. I, I saw this and wanted to. I, I forgot to flash it earlier, but this is very profound. Lisa says, "May I share with your viewing audience that I have lost my three dogs and most recently my husband to to an ATV accident with no warning." I was told by my friend who lost her husband that her healing started with using the ashes of her husband in a tattoo form. I did I did two tattoos, one with the ashes of my dog, the other uh, last week with my husband. Ashes in both. It is very healing to anyone interested so that's pretty cool and, yeah and that is cool thanks for sharing that that is really really cool i've and never then, heard of anyone doing that before i haven't either actually so you yeah. know what different perspectives that's that's why i love doing these shows you get different perspectives and different insight from guests and and, and listeners so awesome here uh, gail says my sister has been gone for 12 years we were super close and raised our children together i would be blessed to know how she is so um and then of course thank you so much here leona this is a super great interview wow. of course yeah. uh you know matthew makes it super easy it's one of my favorite interviews i, I mean i i love yeah. all my interviews but this is literally on the top because it's just a lot of very I very important information I've loved every second of this. I think your Aww. questions have been amazing. And I love doing interviews where we just have a discussion about all of this um, crazy stuff that somehow exactly. makes sense to so many people. Exactly. And, and I, I I love it. So I'm grateful for the opportunity. And it, Nicole, if you ever wanted to join in on one of my classes, I would be happy to give you a seat in the six week course. Oh, in, you are so you are so sweet. For your own but... Yeah. That would be that would be a huge huge honor. So, uh, what do you if there were three things, the top three things, or the not I'm calling them things, but uh, messages or insight, I should say, that the the afterlife, the spirit world, the 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 domains beyond, uh, what would those three things be to the living realm? Like the top three messages or salient advice? Do you think that those domains are giving us or want to give us? I think the first one is you're never alone. Like your loved ones are always with you. They're always okay. They're always in a good space. So that's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, I think it's accept our humanity. Like we're constantly trying to run away from being human because being I human know. is so uncomfortable. But I think they would say like, you know, you do not have to sacrifice your humanity to embrace your divinity. And they help us to understand that through the lessons that they pass on to us while they're on earth, but also right. what they bring us from heaven. And so I think there's an element of 
understanding that yes we will do great things we will also do terrible things but we're loved regardless of that you know it doesn't impact our relationship with the universe only our relationship with ourselves and other human beings so under there's i guess a divine understanding and acceptance and instantaneous forgiveness maybe even um for anything we could possibly do because they get it and i think the third thing is to understand that we are all constantly having a conversation with the universe every cell in our body it has that mediumistic connection and the only difference between somebody who has learned to receive it and understand it on purpose and somebody who hasn't is their awareness of it and that's it so i think those would be the three things (laughs) that that i would that i would say they probably want us to know. That's why I asked you this question, because I knew you would have very, very salient answers on that. And it, and it's so true. You know, it's very, it's true when you say that every cell in our body is communicating with the universe. I mean, that's, you know, you don't realize it on an everyday basis, but it's, it's there. Yeah. It's existing. So. Exactly. So um, what are any upcoming events? Uh, you know, of course, your classes, you said that you, you know, you do those, but upcoming events that you want to plug that you want to talk about sure. real quick. Um, sure. So August 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern time, I have meditation and messages night um, and it's done through Zoom, limited seating, uh, but would love to have everybody there. And then the other one is September 18th. My six week development program starts. It's a primer program, but it's good for anybody of any level of development so whether you're beginner or advanced you will progress your gift awesome oh my gosh i can't thank you enough for you know taking the time to come on the show and and offer your experiences and your wisdom and your insight lots to offer and of course thanks to the listeners too it's been great to um connect with you during the show as well and again like i said i would love to have you back so we'll we'll talk about that and your your website is matthewstapley.com correct that is correct Awesome. So there you have it, folks. Amazing interview right there. Um, Just (laughs) I learned a lot, you know, like I said, these perspectives coming in from different people and, you know, especially passionate and genuine, you know, people that, you know, because I like I said earlier, you don't you shouldn't do this work through ego. I mean, ego is beneficial, but you know what I mean? It's it's really it, it comes from that soul, that pure soul level. So, again, Thank you so, so much. And of course, coming up next, um, should you guys be interested, is of course, Voices of the Dead, uh, hosted by Kenneth Drake. That's going to be an amazing show. So coming right on after this one at 10 p.m. Eastern. And of course, uh, my advice, as I usually end, is do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. And I hope all of you have a fantastic weekend uh, coming up. Stay safe and uh, We'll see you next week with Peter Orbea. Okay. Have a good night, guys. Thank you. Thank you.